0: Welcome to Truth Share Podcast, the podcast that brings to life the raw and anonymous stories shared on Truthshare.com.ng. We unveil the heartfelt stories shared on our platform where anonymity meets empathy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Truth Share Podcast. I am sure that you have enjoyed our previous pod so far, and you have learned, and you know, you're possibly building healthy relationships with your other half, your friends, family, yourself, especially, because at the end of the day, I should share your mental health is paramount to us. And with me, as always, I have some lovely guests here to speak with me on this pod. I have the lovely Miracle. Hello. <laughs> I have Catherine. Hello, how are you? Thank you very much. Welcome. I have to go. Hello. Welcome here and also Ainda. Nice, 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 nice to have you guys aboard. Okay, so we'll just delve right into it. Now, this particular episode, we have some really deep topic to talk about because this is a lot and, okay, so I'll just give a little snippet. Now, we know that over the course of time, DV, domestic violence, has almost tripled, right? Right from 2012 up until now, 2023. Statistics are there. It, it, it's crazy out there from man to woman, woman to man. And, you know, it's it's been the rape of the moment, especially with couples, right? So I'll just get into the story that, you know, we'll be talking about today from one of our anonymous senders. Hi. I'm a lady in my early twenties, married with a son who is not up to a year. I just graduated from university this year as I'm currently unemployed. I've been experiencing marital crisis, series of arguments and domestic abuse. My husband is hot tempered and shouts at the slightest provocation. And when I reply, it becomes a huge fight. He tends to hit me with various items or abuses me emotionally and even separates me from my little boy. He smokes inside our house where we have a little baby and and I fear for the health of my boy. I really regret marrying him and that and this has affected our sexual life. Oftentimes when I refuse him sex, it becomes a big issue. Now I'm considering divorce. I don't want my child to grow up in an abusive home or learn that such a behavior from his father is okay. He provides as a husband and a a father, but then comes favors all the time. We quarrel over the slightest issues and even fight every month. I'll need your advice. I'm really young. I don't know if there's a remedy for this problem. What do you advise, please? Hmm. this is a lot to take (laughs) it is a lot because I mean we're not only talking about domestic violence we're talking about you not even understanding that you have a little boy that is just close to like almost a year old and you're having these altercations in front of him so you're not even thinking about the mental health or because it's the formative years you know kids even at that age they absorb right so you're not thinking about the welfare of your son and then let's not forget the fact that there's the the financial insecurity part because she's unemployed and she's young so he's also using having finance as a weapon because you know she's saying he counts favors all the time so they different aspects to today's story and she's seeking for um, advice now before I get through to every of our guests I'll just leave the floor open to Catherine our professional counselor what do you have to say about this story
1: um, so, you know, I really do feel for her. I feel for you if you're listening to me and what you're going through. And it can be especially especially since you said you're young and you're not sure. But I want to assure you that domestic violence for anybody at any age can be very confusing and very scary. Um, and you're not wrong in your decision to um, consider walking away from the marriage because I did hear you say that you know you're really considering divorce and it sounds like you're not sure if it's if that's the right step to take because you're young. But I think that you are making the right step. You are thinking about your young (laughs) son and I have to applaud you for that. Because I know it's really difficult. Um I would say that I don't need to tell you, you know this is an abusive relationship. Um, the goal is for him to maintain power and control and as is usually the case for perpetrators of domestic violence and there's no real way to, for you to change him. I always say this, you cannot change somebody else unless they themselves want to change and take the steps to do so. And if he really wants to change, I will come. I would recommend that he goes to therapy. It is possible for him to stop being a perpetrator, but it takes a lot of work on his part. In the meantime, your safety is very important, and um, walking away is okay. Um, I would say build a good support group because, you know, you have a young son, and I'm pretty sure you've. Built a life with him. So economically you may be dependent on him or at least rely partially on him. That goes into marriage and you know having children. So I would say definitely build your support group. Don't keep quiet about this. You know, your your family, friends, have them. I will also say that you should plan your exit. So there's something called exit strategy that I would say that you should definitely plan. That means having a bag where you have um, your emergency items. For instance, um, your ID, birth certificate for yourself, your children, your CV, um, you know, just very important items. Have a bag like that. You can store that bag in your house. You can have it in a safe, um, you know, somewhere that's easy for you to access. If you have somebody else living with you, you should have um, a safe pass, um, a safe password. Um, so maybe it could be something as simple as Apple. So you just incorporate it into your sentence, and that person knows they need to. Um, you could also another thing I would say, like I said earlier, you can start putting money to the side. You know, so I would definitely say come up with a plan if you can if you can and plan your exit well and strategically there are several domestic violence groups that are out there that can help you even when it comes to the legal um, aspects of things another thing I would say is that while you're there try to think about it I think you know when he starts escalating so once you see he starts escalating try to make sure that you're in a place where it's easy for you to exit like don't put yourself in a bathroom or in the kitchen Um, you know, you may think that he may never stab you or do something like that, but it could happen. I also say, try to make sure your child is safe during that time, because sometimes when people are having domestic violence rage, they take their child and fling their child. There have been domestic violence cases where the child has actually been thrown from the balcony down. So really serious business. And I think that you are right and maybe you should leave and exit. Um, if you need more strength, definitely I would say seek a therapy to heal. Um, and so that's my feedback on that.
0: Thank you so much, Catherine. <clears throat> You've absolutely hit the point on so many levels. Um, for me, what, what looks really interesting here is the pot washer said, my husband's hot-tempered and should add a slightest provocation. And when I reply it becomes a hit fight. So it makes that while they were dating, she ignored some red flags. There was was the temper issue before she got married. No, I'm not even trying to do the blame game, no. But I'm just saying that there is that part where a lot of the time we ignore these red flags. We think that, okay, um, if I'm with you, over time you'll get better, but these people will not get better. So once you actually see that, oh, my boyfriend or the person that I'm with my partner is hot-tempered and I'm sure that, you know, prior to them getting married, there would always, they would have altercations, right? So the fine prints were there, but then most of the time we ignore them because, oh, I love him. I love him. I want to be with him. We're going to get married. And then we get married and I see these things play and all of a sudden it feels like, oh my God, I can't take it anymore. Well, this part of red flags.
2: Why do we ignore that prior to marriage? To what? So, uh, for this particular story, since it's talking about after marriage,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I'll come back to your question. Mm-hmm. Since, it's talking to, since it's talking about, um, she's already married, so she has
0: to Even Most have a kid already.
2: Like Most of the like, time when people like this are talking about divorce and they're concerned it's still on a loading scale. So. My advice for this particular person is if you're going to leave, then, like uh, Cash had rightly said, start planning an exit strategy. But if you're still considering, while considering, these are a few things you can do. When you're having a conversation with him and he gets angry, just keep quiet. Just don't talk. Just allow him to do all the talking and just listen. Whether you agree or not, just allow me to do all this stuff so that you don't get hit or you don't get beaten while you're planning your exit strategy. That's why you're planning your exit strategy. But apart from that, for me, domestic violence on all sides is always a no-no for me. Every time I see domestic I get really upset when I get really angry because I feel that whether it's, um, if the guy is hitting his lady or the guy is hitting his wife then for some reason he has something in him that he has not really actually that
0: unresolved. own resolve
2: yeah he has to heal by himself so it's always a nice thing that even if you don't want the divorce allow for him to, you, to try to separate from that person so if so, right well, up, well, like yeah one year two years even like i still keep saying that marriage love is a very big factor in marriage and if you're married to somebody and love is a factor, best will always find a way to come back against you. But if best does does, I feel it's okay to look your life. It's actually, your life is still more important and bigger than marriage. Now, coming back to my question about ignoring red rest a lot of girls or ladies, have, ladies over time, we're program, ladies are always programmed to, when you're growing up, you want to know why it's, Prince Jamie comes to Cinderella me. Watch Cinderella story, watch a lot of stories there. And a lady's life literally built on that finding the Mr. Perfect that will sweep her off her feet. and So what you find most for most ladies, even if over the years have in countless relationships, most ladies have a definition of a perfect man. And that perfect man, if she finds a guy that's close to that or that oh, almost fits 80% of the with all the other flags. Yeah. But the guy is constantly doing that, which he wants. And it's very important that people seek their wish list of what they are trying to want in a man or in a woman. As in, if, if, if you're a guy and you're looking for a spouse, it's very important that you seek what you're trying to get for. So that when you're dating, you can actually look out for this particular accent. Because a lot of people just go into relationship and they are struggling by going out, having fun, be hanging out and all that. And they tend to forget that when you get married it's such a different
0: It's a different ballgame. It's, it's a great, different ballgame. Right.
2: Hey, you know. Yeah, I quite agree with them to you know, ignoring red flags. I think it's um, obviously selfish reasons for those involved. You know, you see those red flags, but because of Either economic reasons, sometimes this, nobody will
0: accept because he's rich or because it's comfortable or he's got this going for him or that, you know, but that you can't take that away from me it could be the other room too maybe he's yeah. very good you know one word or the other it could be a smooth talker you know this guy we going to have this issue but you cannot imagine some other woman you know coming to benefit this so we need to be intentional and we want to get into a relationship no, no, but, but, like, the thing is okay so now yeah we've talked about like prior to to the marriage it just saw the red flags, and of, which obviously there were red flags. But at the end of the day, like Aina was talking about economic value. We see that and we want to stick with you. First things first, there are a large number of people who are interested in financial security. Now, just because at this point in time, she's unemployed, does it give him the leverage to use his financial abilities as a form of work over her. So, let me, not <laughs> no no let me, let me explain
2: something that. about I you. think that's what men do. Let me explain something about mm. it's very important. First mm-hmm. of all, a man is always seen as the head of the house, supposed to provide. In fact, a man is always seen as a provider. If, if you provide him from a man, a man feels useless, mm. first of all. But when a man gets married, when he moves from, being a bachelor to get married, something happens. His expenses, his finances. Yes. Yeah, so, a man that does not know how to handle that of his life automatically gets frustrated. So, for example, if he was earning 350,000 and he had the spare cash to go to the club, to jail, to hang out his friends and all, he gets married. And maybe his expenses for what got married was. A hundred thousand nine or a hundred and fifty thousand, he had extra two hundred thousand to collect, he gets mine, and those expenses doubled to three hundred, he now has only fifty thousand nine, mm. which is barely you enough. Know. Some men do not handle that. Mm. It brings in frustration. And where are they going to put that frustration on? On
0: the
2: one. Unemployed wife. Mm-hmm and unemployed wife. so there are a lot of matrices most of the stories posted here is one-sided you don't get from demand. and certain times a woman might also be doing a lot of things that like, trigger the man in certain situations
0: so is it safe to say that just because you're triggered it's okay to put your hand on it's someone not, it's
2: never okay it's never. Just, it's never it's never okay the risk, the risk of violence is totally a deal breaker i think if you're in a if you if a man is violent towards your you might be violent, you should work out. That's my own advice. Walk out. It takes especially this right, part of the world, it's very hard for people to walk out of such relationships, but I think for your own sanity because you may be sleep at night and it must stab you. Yeah. Definitely, very anger level. Definitely.
0: It, it won't come from it said, you know, like she should start already planning her exit strategy and also Make sure that, you know, during those times of altercation, you don't find yourself in the kitchen. Yeah. You don't find yourself in the bathroom. You know, you already have a carry-on bag where if anything happens, you just pick yeah. your bag, get your baby, and you leave. But where the marriage has gotten to that point? Is there any going back? Where I'm literally afraid in my own home. That's so scary. Miracle, what do you think? Okay, um, before I get into this, I think i would let us talk about the red flags. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Um, I'm thinking it's from my own personal experience. I don't think I would want it to even get to a point where it intentionally pits me because something similar happened to me one time. Okay. I was younger and you know we had an argument, myself and my partner at the time. We had an argument and you know it was a mistake, but then it has cure. I think we were trying to we're dragging something and his hand hits my and that lip had to be sutured this uh-huh. thing lip you're looking at yeah. and for me it was already a red flag whether he did it intentionally or not there's a possibility that you keep doing it and that's how I ended our relationship so um the problem is I think people want to change um old people permits me to use what the Bible says train up a child in the way it 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 so now he's old, and you think he's gonna depart from the things that he has that formed him. Mm. I don't know if you understand. So, um, for me, I like to look at um a man. I like to check his background, right down to his background, how he grew up. I want to know these things are key to anyone. major forming. Mm. How you think? How you behave? How you react to things? They are very important. So when people just say okay he, he was from um a family where you know this this happened. Has he changed? Does he have those tendencies? Because people I've seen people who came from you know, those kind of families and they, 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 they made a decision that I won't be like my father, I won't be like my mother. So you need to understand if the person is like that, but the person is just like, you know, where he's coming from. It's really very, very important. For me, I I, I made a promise to myself that I was going to bring my kids into a very balanced home. Now this story, this is not the balanced home at all. On every level, it is wrong. Why would you do things that, you know, you're supposed to do as a father and as a husband and you'll be counting them? You're not responsible. I don't care if you provide. It simply tells me you are not responsible. Because when I do my responsibilities, I don't shout about it. Mm. I don't I don't go to the next person and tell I had my back. No. Those are the things I should do for myself. Right. So on every level, he is wrong. I don't see this marriage working. It sounds very harsh, but she should live for her dear life and especially for her child yeah I meant he's for a person that he's already him. forgetting that yes yeah, because of one year older, in, in the house he's almost and entering the of the child what what's going to happen is he's going to be the replica of his father mm. if she's not careful so she's also going to deal with what she's dealing with in the future or somebody else's daughter will have to deal with that so it's going to be a trend yeah so if you don't take him out of that environment for me I I I think my concern is majorly on the beach boy than that because I believe she, whether she's in a her, I so yeah. believe she saw a young thing when she got married. So, for the sake of that child, you know, mm.
2: just. So, yeah, so. What, so, come back to me. what you asked me about pre marriage. It still comes back to the relationship these days have changed. A lot by like, you hear, um, a lot of girls are talking about a guy, of the friends just met. First thing is, is them, Mm-hmm. So that's always one of the things. So, I feel relationships should be based on. I'll still start by it by friendship, mm-hmm. where i not, really not being transactional. Exactly. You should be able to have fun, laugh, and feel this person first, irrespective of any other thing. Mm-hmm. Then, while you're that, you could have conversations about the future if you want to get married. People have to talk about have those conversations. People have to talk about okay it is allowed to be a problem? Like, we do this. How do we do this? Our finances. How do we, those are very important topics that I think people should have. Because a lot of people, even while their relationships, it's very easy for you to mask certain behaviors, certain characters, mm. and when you get into marriage, those characters begin to, to show. Off. Yeah. But if you're genuinely somebody's friend. And you go and actually have this honest conversation. I think you find out about the person you intend to spend. Yeah, there's
0: hardly so much you can pretend about. Yeah, exactly. A
2: lot of people get into relationships, and I see that they already know their partner. Mm. They just know basics about, okay, it's nice, and this. You get stuff like me about that. Was, in fact, when you talk to most of ladies, just like how things they say first, okay, it's nice, very caring. Is very, very sensitive and all of that. But have I tried to remove? Okay, if all of this is not there, how would this guy be? Would this guy still be the same kind of person? Yeah. Or what parameters may change at yeah. some point? So it's very yeah. important that people have those kind of conversation, And most especially, if you have it not. I mean, you could watch the movie and say, hey, what do you think about this? And he would pass a honest response about. Yeah. uh, that's
0: what you had to say about how this this train of of thought interesting interesting thank you so much so i just come to Catherine yeah as a counselor that you are now i understand i miracle said something she said um you know so for her you know this marriage already doesn't have any chances of survival because it's already steeped um in in and you know bad eggs you know in in different aspects but i like to i like to say this if If Now, most men are not willing, a lot of men are not willing to encounter a therapist. They're not willing to go for therapy. They're not willing to seek counseling. So, Catherine, as a counselor that you are, what would you rather advise this man if he were listening in on this, on how to be able to manage his temper issues and also for the wife? Would you rather say that okay, she should suggest couples therapy for him, or like mental health therapy as well? What
1: do you think? Well, that's a that's a that's, that's a very good question. So it would it would first depend on if he re- recognizes that he has a problem, and if he actually wants to change. You know, sometimes a perpetrator of domestic violence actually wants to change, just don't, just doesn't know how. And in that situation, it might be a bit easier. And so in that case, I would definitely recommend, um, there are different programs for domestic violence and um, some of them incorporates group therapy. So you have like um, those who are engaged in domestic violence, like the perpetrators, like a perpetrators group, right? And then on top of that, there could also be uh, couples therapy. Um, but that will be only in unique situations. Um, oftentimes we try to stay away from couples therapy in case of domestic violence, just because, you know, if the other spouse says something that the perpetrator doesn't like, you know, we don't know how we'll end up at home. And so for that reason, you know, only a few cases that will say couples therapy but um, in some situations it might be okay. So I would definitely say group therapy um, for perpetrators. It helps because you can hear other people who are who are also the perpetrators of intimate uh, partner violence. You can hear what they have to say in reference to that. So that's what I would recommend. But yeah. I do want to add some other things um, really quickly, um, if I may. One of the things, I know we're talking about red flags and things like that. And yeah. I, it's really easy to fall into the crack um, to be with somebody who um, is a perpetrator of domestic violence. Um, I had said this in a previous podcast before, but one of the reasons why a lot of people do that is because it's familiar with them, to them, right? It's familiar to them. So that means that you, at some point, maybe you grew up, were around um, some kind of Intimate partner violence abuse. And so when you see some of those red flags, it's normalized for you. So not until it has gotten to a heightened situation is when you realize, oh my God, maybe I'm in a really bad spot. So for people like that, um, I just want to spell out some of the some of the um, stages of um, domestic violence. It's called the domestic violence cycle, which I talked about in a previous podcast. Those stages are the tension stage. During this stage is where um, anger grows due to feeling of loss of control. Um, Abrupt anger, annoyance, impatience, there's aggression. And then the next phase is the incident. That's when the actual violence takes place. The next phase after that is reconciliation. That's where, you know, the person is like, I'm so sorry. It's also called the honeymoon stage, right? That's where Mm -hmm. the person is. And and this is what people fall for, right? Because the person starts crying. flowers best sex if the person is really wealthy showers them with gifts and then after that it's calm it's the calm phase and then things seem to be going well and it's like oh i think he's changed right but then it goes right back again to the beginning i want whoever is listening to understand that the reconciliation and the calm phase are also a way of control it's a way of control it's a way to get you to to release your guard loosen your defenses So that you're right back again at the tension phase, incident, and then it goes on and on and on. Um, I also wanted to say that, um, you know, I'm a Christian and I always um, speak on my Christianity. I will say that in the past, um, arranged marriages used to work way more. Yeah, that (laughs) was a (laughs) thing. but there was a reason for that like I just love what Mimi said like you know you have to do research like they used to do a whole lot of research they went into the family background they checked things out like you know it, it worked for a reason but we can debate why or why it didn't work right sometimes people did endure these things and you know but the truth is I would say that let God be your matchmaker Mm, interesting this is not popular belief but i'm gonna tell you like <laughs> you can think that you have all the knowledge and you can die surfer who is a good mate for you and who's not but sometimes you, you just can't you just can't and i would say like if you're a christian you need to go to god in serious prayer make sure you're hearing from him and this is going to sound controversial but i'm going to tell you if you're having sex before marriage Okay, if you're having sex before marriage, you're not doing yourself any favors. Mm-hmm. Uh, this you, you, this is not only from a Christian perspective. If anybody wants to be real with you, even from a therapeutic perspective, they would tell you that that sex before marriage oftentimes confuses things. It yeah it does it really does you can't see things as clearly as you would normally see it's harder to walk away you're really more emotionally invested so i would say this out there for anybody who's getting into a relationship i would i would really say abstain from sex before marriage as much as possible like don't do it um Date, get to know this person, be friends with this person, understand this person, get on your drop on your knees and pray. If you're in this relationship for five years and God tells you this is not the hear from God directly. Okay. Invest in under He will talk to you. Trust me. You don't need to be a pastor before God talks to you. He'll find a way to talk to you. He will show you. I know what I'm saying. You know, I was engaged to somebody for um, you know, for a short period of time. I thought he was the right person because I had a list okay and the person checked on the list and then I went to God in prayer and God told me like right after the person proposed like this is not the person for you (laughs) and I was like what (laughs) what I don't understand (laughs) and so I went to God in prayer and God then um started to reveal like right after I prayed let me tell you this person who was so awesome amazing like you know I started to see all manners of red flags it's like God just showed me it's like here's the reasons why and then I prayed for the strength to walk away. And he gave me the strength to walk away. And when I went, met my husband, like I didn't even know, I had already written him off. I was like, yo, this guy's not even as, as strong a Christian as I want. And God was like, that's the one for you. <laughs> so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is let God be your matchmaker, you know, uh, and and it really will help. It doesn't mean that when you're married, you will not encounter problems because God gave Eve to Adam but they still had issues right but it does mean that it does it really does help so um know I've talked for a while but that's
0: thank you so much Catherine that was so interesting and I think we'll be wrapping on that note but before we go I'll just put out what truth share has preferred to you our anonymous guest and whoever else is listening out there if you're in similar situation I'm sorry to hear that you are in an awful and difficult position. The two most important things right now should be you and your child's safety and well-being. Living in a safe and healthy environment is crucial and domestic abuse is never acceptable. Confide in friends, family, share your experiences with people you trust and let them know what you're going through they may offer emotional support and help you access finances or any resources you may need if you want to divorce consult a lawyer who can give you legal guidance to help you understand how to go about it consider individual counseling for yourself and potentially and potentially couple and potentially couples counseling if both parties are willing however your safety is paramount and cannot be pursued if it puts you at risk. Also, create a safety plan for you and your child in case of an emergency. Have a backup plan for where you can, you can go to or hide. Remember, you don't have to go through this alone. Sick support from the from family or the right professionals to know how to go about living um, abusing marriage. So Trisha has given you her own advice and I hope that you have, you know, learned one or two things and will do the needful because your mental health and your life and that of your child is very important. So from us here to you, thank you so much for listening. I remain your host, Natasha, and thank you. Bye for now.